Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, welcome to it. Our first one uh, for the year. Well, our first show without doing some best of Scott Sattler. Welcome to Off The Bench. How are you, mate? I'm good, Jace and listeners. And what a way to kick off the NRL season. Thursday night football, hey? I was very disappointed with Channel Nine's start to the coverage, where there was actually no start to the coverage. Both teams just ran on the field. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, oh, because the time difference. You, usually, there's a build-up and yeah. there's a season pre, uh, preview and some music that goes yeah. to all uh, what we're expecting to see. But outside of that, uh, the game itself lived up to all the expectations. And the Melbourne Storm again, they just know how to send a message in the first round. Well, can I just say, on the other side of the coin, I thought uh, Fox's coverage was outstanding. Okay. Vossi's yep. core was amazing. Um, the build-up to it. Uh, Matt's, uh, what's his name? They got the voiceover guy. You know the guy who stands Matt there. Matt Nable. Matt Nable. Is he not the best? He's the best in the business. I thought him, you know, the filming they did with Matt Nable uh, around uh, all the players in the dressing rooms with them, pointing to them. I just, you know, took you right there, and yeah. I, and I made I loved every second of it. So well done, Fox! What a great start to the uh, to the footy season for them. Hey, coming up on t- today's show, we're obviously going to look back at Thursday night football. We're going to preview the weekend's games and give our tips. And I've started badly. Who'd you tip? No, no, I took the bunnies as well. We all anticipate that Melbourne will hiccup on one round one year, but you know what? He's just amazing the way that he prepares his side. Oh, some bloke who we already knew had retired, came out and announced he retired. And a lot of you people, according to you guys, thought he was dead. Like, seriously, Cam Smith, Sats, you're, you're all carrying on like pork chops. No, well, as a rugby league fan, you've got to sit back and admire what this guy's done in his career. And, you know, I, I, I don't believe that he, that he only made a decision last week. That's just my opinion. And I've, that's not based on any intel or whatever, anything, anything like that. But, you know, for a guy that's been so controlled – with every decision in his life and around his family, whatever it may be, that that would be done the day before the the season kicks off. I, I for him, I think he's so laid back. He just left it till the last moment because he is just so laid back. He just he's not urgent about anything. Yeah, I disagree on that. But uh, here's what he had to say. Well, I've spent a few months now up in Queensland with the family and had a really good opportunity to think over um, you know, my thoughts on playing on or to not play on and. Yeah, for me, I, I look back on my career and, and just found that I was very fortunate to be a part of such a wonderful organisation, uh, filled with many, many uh, great footballers, but great people as well. And um, it just it felt like the right time to, to finish off the back of what was a very successful season last year, albeit very a very different season, being away from home and. and Everyone knows we didn't get an opportunity to play down here in Melbourne in front of home, home fans. Um, just couldn't ask for more than you know, finishing the Premiership for a club that I played my entire career with. Mm. There you have it. I felt sorry for Billy because it was supposed to be a, a statue <laughs> release of Billy as well. Everyone forgot about that. But in saying that, I, I, can only, I, can only, I can only sit back and admire what he's done throughout his career. And I think we all can sit back and admire what he's done. And he's been... Brilliant at everything he's ever he's ever done. It, and people say, oh, yeah, but he manipulated the refs. That's what the great players do. Manipulated the rules. Wally Lewis was exempt, exactly the same. Manipulates the rules. That's what every coach prepares their players to do each and every year. How do we try and manipulate the rules that are put in? So 
he's just been the best at it. And I've got no doubt. I, I mean, I think it's difficult to say, is he the greatest player ever? Because I think it's disrespectful to people who don't play his position. I think moving forward, everyone should say, is he at the table? Is he at, is he at the table with the greatest players of all time? Yeah, he sits there at dinner and has... has um, the Last has, Supper has an opportunity to to be in that uh, in that environment. Is he the greatest hooker we've ever seen? Absolutely. Is he the best? Captain really, the greatest hooker? Oh yeah. Well, and if he is he the greatest captain we've ever seen? I think so. Absolutely. Um, he's a good leader. He's a very good leader. He's, well, he's he's proven that. In, in but you got to understand us New South Welsh Welshmen. No, I can have under- a dislike for him. Oh, I can understand that, and you know it's a little bit like Paul Gallen, but again, we don't like him either. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I sit back and admire what Paul Gallen. I know Paul Gallen has an asterisk next to his career. We yep. get that. Yep. But in saying that, he played a lot of years and he was very tough while doing it and takes on another code right now. And and Cam Smith, I I just I can't sit back and criticise anything he's done in his career at all. This is what his coach, Craig Bellamy, had to say about his career. You know, I think he's obviously the greatest player that I've ever seen. You know, from what he's done, his record, well over 400 games, no one's gone over 400 games. I think he's played nearly 100 rep games for Australian Queensland at that time. And and with the success he's had, you know, as a captain as well, you know, it's quite remarkable. And, you know, that hasn't been done the game before and I really can't see it happening again. So, um, and like I say, it, it is hard to, I suppose, describe his effect on our club and his effect on the game. But, yeah, you know, probably the biggest thing for me is how long he's done it. Yeah, he's done it for a long time. I, I just want to question the timing. Um, he did – there's two things that happened. He – the day before the NRL season launch, he took mm-hmm. the focus off that by announcing his retirement. He's got to know that what impact that's going to have, okay, that okay. announcement's going to have. Just to answer that one, so hold your second yeah. one. Um, the way that Cam would think – I believe, and this is with, without me knowing him very well, I believe that if he announces it, he is so naive to how how big his name is in the game is that he he thought it would get buried in the NRL oh, opening. please, mate. So there's an argument. So, so come on. The, the media have been hounding him for an answer on his retirement for months and you think it'd just get buried. Oh, come on. Fox Sports dedicated an entire channel to him that day as if he died. Come on, mate. No, it's not he's, as if he died. It's, it's a reflection on a great career. But he's, he's the greatest not, player. We've, he's one of the greatest players we've how, ever seen. How can someone who is so great be so naive? Come on, mate. Come on. The other thing he did as well, he was sharing that moment mm-hmm. with Billy Slater. And he took that away from Billy. But does, I'll give, oh, come and don't I'll give you another so, argument. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. Does Billy want the attention? Oh, come on, mate. It doesn't matter. They're there to, to, to release these god-awful statues. <laughs> they were, they Herb were Elliott one. and uh, Norm Proven. It's like they just went to a Chinese <laughs> statue factory and said, give us a couple. Yeah, we'll take, what are you getting rid of? Like, you it's know like they've said to a, like a, a car full of thieves. They've gone, listen, we want you to go and find just any statues anywhere in Australia. We want you to saw them off at the feet and be here by this date. But this one looks like a horse, sir. That'll do. <laughs> We'll just chisel and make it look like a It's like they went to a, a, a pot place and they're having like a half-price clear-out sale. Now, I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. Two. Huge news with him retiring uh, and Billy getting a statue. Do you feel as though if Cooper Cronk didn't go to the Roosters, there would have been three? No. Uh, well, uh, I think that's the reason why they didn't no. put the third one up. No. No? I don't think so. I think he'll eventually get one, but I think just in the – 
in the infancy, very early after he's retired. I think that's a reason. And they believe there's been a gap left in the middle for Craig Bellamy. And Craig, Cla- he deserves one. Mm. Oh, uh, you didn't answer my question. What's, what was that? Why would he do that to Billy as well? Maybe. Why, why would he? And don't say he wouldn't know that that would take the shine off him. I'm sick of you Queenslanders <laughs> with rose-coloured glasses on. I, I would say his act that day was selfish. He's had ample it's time a, to, fair, annou- to announce yeah, it's, that it's retirement. It's a fair argument. It's a fair argument. And if he wasn't going to play, and everyone was anticipating that he may he may start in, in April, May, where salary caps can't afford, say, 900000 or a million dollars. So let's play half a season where a club like the Broncos could mm. afford him because they released Andrew McCulloch. So the, the argument is if why would he do it the day before when if he's not going to start and if he wasn't going to start until April, May, he still had time during the season to, to now say, I'm not going to play. He had all so, the time in the world and he took the shine off Billy. So, yeah, there is an argument to that. But you know what? I don't want to focus on the negatives with Cam Smith. All I right. just think he's been amazing. Um, it's interesting. We spoke to um, Matt Guy. He's one of his best mates. And, of course, he's the godfather to one of Matty Guy's kids. And he had this to say. And then we're wrapping up Cam Smith, all right? No more Cam Smith talk. Here we go. When he turned up to Melbourne, he was a good trainer. He wasn't great. He was he was a good footballer. He knew a lot about the game more than most eighteen, nineteen year olds. But I just I didn't see what 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 we were going to get. I thought he was going to be very good. And then even the Storm, you know, we a few of our senior players really pleaded for the club to keep Richard Swain and keep Cam. But there was no there was no way we could have kept both. And we didn't realise that it had to be one or the other. And we were sort of like, mate, this kid's just an upstart. Like, we've got Swain, he's our <laughs> game's record holder at the time. You know, he's our, he's our heart and soul. You know, we're getting, that's a bit harsh, you know. Like, we want Swainy, and, you know, you got to back him, you know. How, how, what a great call. Like, as good as Swainy was, and, you know, he's a national footballer. He played for, he played for New Zealand, and, and I still love him. Great mate of mine still to this day. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, what a, what a great call. Like, to, you know, if we lost Cam, who knows what would have happened. But, um yeah, he just seemed a good footballer, you know, and then then he just seemed to rise to everything that came. And I was even watching a bit of a, a thing on I got home from work today, and I saw a thing on the TV about just him lifting the trophy with you know with a World Cup winning team and looking all to the faces around him. And for me, it still feels a bit surreal. It's just it's just Cam, like you know, like mm. and then to see him as that as this level in the game, I still just you know it's not like I get up and curtsy when he walks into the house. Yeah, true. Matty Guy is basically saying he's a crap player. Yeah, he is. No, no, no he's not. He's, uh, but it's amazing. I, I was speaking to Robbie Kearns and those Stephen Kearney, those guys when Cam first arrived at Melbourne, and he said he came down there as a 17, 18-year-old, and he, when, when they used to do the, 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 the defensive sessions and the wrestling sessions, they said he was 17, 18, he was throwing us around like a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He yeah, was wow. that strong as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible, mate. Um. Oh, there is one more thing I want to mention about Cam Smith. Um, uh, Calls from Matt Tripp from the Melbourne Storm to actually abolish the five-year wait to be named an immortal. Volandi has has squashed that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, no. I mean, yes, he's one of the greatest we've ever seen, but we we don't need to bend the rules for him as well. Yeah, there's other players I think that have got to go before him. I think there's, there's Brett Kenny. There's Glenn Lazarus. Um... I can't believe Ron Coote's not an immortal, but I think he's run out of time now. I think he's been um, he's been a nominee three times, which I think is one of the criterias as well. Uh, yeah, there's Jonathan Thurston, there's Brad Fittler. So 
He's a, he'll eventually be one, and I don't I don't think there's any rush. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Um, let's move on to something else now. We, we're all done and dusted with. You don't want to talk about James Hooper's comments around Cam Smith? I could talk about Cam Smith in our whole show if you wanted me to because oh. I admire the guy so much. I would stop listening. Yeah. I would absolutely stop listening. Mm. Um, big weekend of NRL continues, obviously, and it, it's great. Round one, uh, Katoni Staggs uh, very quickly uh, wants to be a Bronco moving forward. He turned 20 yesterday. 20. Yeah, what's he worth to the Broncos? Coming off a of knee reconstruction, they can probably get him – uh, at a price because he's he's actually declaring that he wants to stay a Bronco. So you actually give up any negotiation um, arguments. Well, he's you, saying, I want to be a Bronco, yeah. but so I'm only 20. What he's saying, he's young, he's settled, and he doesn't want to move anywhere. So he's their best player. He's their Alex best player. Clint. He's coming back for a knee reconstruction. Now, if he went on the open market, Jace, mm. you would pay on potential. I think like uh, a lot of clubs, like the, like the Titans have done with Fafita. Mm-hmm. I think he's an eight hundred thousand dollar player. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you're playing on you're paying on potential at the moment, and eventually the salary cap will get to the point again where that eight hundred will just be the norm for a player like him, yep. and you're getting him at a good price. So, I think he's got that much of an influence on a game. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're another club, what would you pay him? That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. If I'm yeah, another okay. club, I, and even he's only twenty, so he's going to recover from a knee reconstruction quite easily. Yep. And he's going to get all his flexibility and his suppleness back. And his what? Suppleness, his flexibility. Right. His, yeah. So, um, so Katoni Stags on an open market, you'd have clubs that play him, pay him anywhere from eight hundred to a million dollars. Clubs that really need At him. Twenty years of age. Yeah. Clubs that really need him will pay that much. Clubs that are really confident with their recruitment strategies and where their salary caps up, they'll they'll pay anywhere from six fifty to eight hundred for him. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. It's the Broncos and the Eels, the second game on Friday night football. And, boy, we've got two teams at either end of the spectrum. The Mm. Eels, what they finished third last year in the ordinary season against the team that won their first wooden spoon in the Broncos. And the Eels have the wood on the Broncos. Satson, I just... I don't know. I'm going to get your opinion on this, but I don't see a lot of change at the Broncos, and they've got some big stars missing for yeah, this first-round game. Well, Tony Staggs, uh, Payne Haas, still on suspension as well. So two of their best players not playing. Very Still a very young side. Still a very naive side when it comes to staying in the fight for 80 minutes. We've spoken to Kevin Walters over the last couple of weeks, you and I, Jace, haven't we? And, and he even admits there's been portions of the game where just immaturity, they're not able to stay in the fight. So... That's going to be the biggest learning lesson for the Broncos, mentally and physically, being able to stay in the fight. And then you've got the, the Eels, who are, have always had the wood on, like you're saying, they've always had the wood on the on the Brisbane Broncos, a team that has the ability to put 40 or 50 on a team on any good day. They go through periods where they can put on 20 points in 10 or 15 minutes. But Parramatta are also guilty of falling asleep at about the 60-minute mark. So... You know, we don't know whether they've learnt from their previous lessons, the Eels, because they get to the, the big end of the, the season, the finals, and they falter. They they can't get to that final hurdle. But I know going to the Broncos, it, I think the Eels are one of those sides I, I wouldn't want to face in the first but couple they, of rounds. They start well, don't they? They start really well. They, they start quick. Yeah. You've got to be able to go with them because they've got this really mobile forward pack who are big as well. And when you've got a, you know, a really good big fit man will always beat a – 
a good smaller person. And mm. what, I'm, what I mean by that is that the Broncos, with their immaturity with a lot of their forwards, they're still very small when it comes mm. to their stature in rugby league and their experience. And when you've got so much experience with Parramatta and their forward pack, they've got the ability just to completely overwhelm you really early. Broncos haven't recruited well. In fact, they made the appointment of Kevy late. Yep. And then it was too late to really recruit. They got a couple of players back from overseas. Yeah, but the Broncos, David Mead and, but a lot of clubs don't rely on the coach to recruit. You know, that's own, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't agree with it. You know, because a coach has got a, a live coach and die got, by well, the. A coach has got a coaching style. Yeah. And a style of play that's going to fit that puzzle. So they should have a say. And not all coaches are great recruiters. So, so, but, but Bellamy and Bennett, they would have a say, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think the best coaches are the best recruiters because right. they know their style. They know what sort of player that, that'll fit their, their um, yeah, like I said, their puzzle. So uh, with the Broncos, they recruited John Asiata, who I think is a very good recruit. Good get. Uh, very skillful. But outside of that, yeah, haven't brought much in in a sense of game breakers. Says to me that they're going to rely a lot on uh, Asiata. Alex Glenn is outstanding. We spoke to him as well. During Every the week. week. He is just he's – he's a great leader. Mm. He's the one Bronco I really like. Yep. Um, and I think Matt Lodge – I think Matt Lodge and, – and there was a lot of talk that I'm going to get rid of him. I reckon he's going to have a good year. If he can stay injury-free, I like his toughness. You need, whether you whether need he's forward. fit enough. You need an old-fashioned forward. You one. do. You, you need do. one in your, your squad of 25 or 30 that's willing to go and roll up the sleeves and get in the trenches and do all that really – that unheralded dirty work, and he does a lot of that. But how long will he last? That's the thing because yep. this is not a game designed for his fitness. The new rules. You're yeah. exactly right. So it's going to be interesting um, – to the the Kevy's also picked Brady Croft at seven. I I don't know what he sees there. This is why they're not going to have a good year. They haven't got a halves combo. Milford and well, Croft. they have Deedon. Deedon when Milford had played his best football last year for a five or six week period, even yeah. though they weren't winning, he was still one of the better players. Tom Deedon was his halfback. Then Tom Deedon got injured. Yeah. they fell in a hole again. All right. Um, what do you expect from this game tonight? I expect the Eels to win. I expect the Eels to win comfortably. But I think we'll see a really good first half for the Bronx. I think there'll be a lot of spirit. One thing that Kevy is very good at is that he pours his emotion out. Right. And, and the players have the ability to, to latch onto that. I reckon the Bronx, I reckon the Eels will win this by about 20. Yeah, I think I'll do it they'll fade, they'll fade away, the Broncos. Mm. Rightio, that's our Friday night preview. The Broncos versus the Eels at Suncorp. We're going to go to a break uh, on Off the Bench NRL. Uh, we're going to review last night's cracking game. But we're also going to talk not too far away some AFL. There's a new doco uh, out today. It's called Making Their Mark on Amazon Prime Video. We're going to talk to one of the executive producers of that. His name's Cos Cardone. It's a great chat, and we'll get to that soon on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. On Off the Bench, a Thursday night NRL review. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, not good for us South supporters, but uh, much better second half, of course. Uh, the uh, Storm, I was going to say, the Broncos won 26-18. Uh, here are your highlights from the game. Brilliant defensive work there from Jaden Sewer. Almost got the leg pull. In fact, they did. Six again. Oh, Munster! Dummy on the inside. Went to the outside. Glided past the defence and he got over for the try. Oh, the superstar's done it. 
on the very first night in the second set of six, and Melbourne lead 4-0 at Amy. Now the Fox is away into space. Kenny Bromwich can't keep up. What does he do? He kicks. Jerome Hughes needs the bounce, gets the bounce. Now he's got to offload. He doesn't. Brought down in the tack. They go right side. Pappenhausen's got it. Got men on the outside. Goes back to the inside. Back to the inside. And Justin Olam scores the try. Oh, Melbourne Storm. You like the Brisbane Broncos of 1992. Absolutely superb. Pappenhausen all through short into space. Kenny Bromwich back on the inside. Oh, Pappenhausen picks up where he left off the Clive Churchill medalist. They're in again, the Melbourne Storm. It's an avalanche of points at Amy Park. Here come the Storm. Stewart, now he stands and Arrow has to drag him to ground. He does that, but he's going to get a quick play of the ball. So Brandon Smith, oh, the big dummy had opened up. I thought he was going to run. Hughes, dummy the kick. Then he goes out the back to Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen, Pappenhausen for the corner. He got it down. He's brilliant. Latrell Mitchell was there, it was one-on-one, and the number one gun got it. Clive Churchill medalist, try number two. Now they're two metres out. They go left-hand side. Marshall out the back, surely. They've got numbers, numbers. Latrell just needs the offload. Gets it to Johnson, gets a try. South Sydney back in it. Cook to Benji. Benji out the back. Long ball. Walker! Superb! Oh, Cody Walker, take a bow. Alex Johnson got the try, second of the night. But that is absolutely brilliant from the Blues 5-8. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, they are dragging themselves back into the game. Marshall goes out the back now to Walker. Double pump, double pump. Here's Luttrell. Here's Luttrell. You won't stop him. Big man going sideways, beats the chest and says, come on, South Sydney, come with me. And they are. They're back, South Sydney, 24-16. we got game on at Amy. Seven seconds remaining. They go back to the centre field, and this is big Jesse, the skipper, and he's going to be dragged to ground. In fact, there's two in the tackle, so they're trying to get the, the one-on-one strip, and they can't do it. There it is, full-time siren here at Amy Park. What a win for the defending premiers in front of their adoring crowd. That is a win for Melbourne. 26 points to 18, and they open their account in season 2021. Hard forward in the end. They skipped out to a 22 points to nil lead. South Sydney dragged themselves back into the clash, but the storm prevail. Craig Bellamy's done it again. Rightio, Sats, as you heard it. There you go. That's uh, a win. Good to, game. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good High game. Much better than last year's game, which was a one-try game. Remember that? The well, Eels. The f- round one, round two are usually really messy games because, you know, it's still humid. Players are still getting used to the contact and you know, players who pass the ball, pass them at the line when there's a lot of pressure and you, there's a lot of drop ball. Mm. But that was a high-quality game from mm. two high-quality sides. Mm. Mm. Um, I thought they looked a little, bit, a little bit tentative, the Rabbits, early on. I, a lot of coaches, what they'll do is with their team is they'll say, listen, let's just get into our routines. Let's just – Let's just feel our way into the game and then we'll know when to strike a blow. But what the Melbourne Storm do is they say, listen, we're going to go out there. We're going to grab them by the neck. We're going to be as put as much pressure on the opposition as possible. We are going to be relentless and we're going to overwhelm them from the word go. And that's what they did last night to South. And by the time they found their way, South, it was too big of a lead. They were buggered in the second half of the Storm because they threw everything at South in that, in that first half. But then South just lost the plot in the last 10 minutes. Mm. They, um, Wayne Bennett said at half time that the game was over. And he said he gave the team a dressing down and he just said, go out and do your best. He knew the game was over at, when they were down 22-0 because you don't come back like that against the Storm. No, they're too controlled. He also said, and this is really interesting, he said, two new blokes at the club tried their hearts out and they were the best tonight. 
which I disagree with. Let's park Latrell Mitchell. I thought he was outstanding. But Jai Arrow and Benji Marshall, and he said in the press conference afterwards that the others who've been here for a long time um, just thought it happened. Yeah, that's Wayne. That's Wayne one. Good on him, though. That's Wayne 101, where he just he puts he puts internal pressure on players, and then he external externalizes it to the to the rest of the rugby league public. So what he is actually doing is he, he's shaming players, and you've got to do it for so long now. We've been walking on eggshells around players and how they're going to feel emotionally if we put pressure on them. Well, look at that Rob Penny, the Waratahs coach. Yeah, look, Wayne just comes out and he doesn't have to raise his voice. He just, it's like your dad coming in saying, "You know what? You disappointed me." Yeah. And so I'll guarantee you there'll be a lot of South players licking their wounds. You said Latrell Mitchell. He was outstanding. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Let him get another four or five weeks of game time when he's match fit. Mm. I, I can't even imagine what sort of season he's going to have. And I hope it goes uninterrupted uh, from an injury point of view. Yeah, Jai Arrow was busy. They have to find a place for him in the starting team. He, he most running meters, and he came off the bench. I, I think with Jai Arrow, I thought his role was perfect. It's like he played the Cam Murray role from last year. I thought Cam Murray was lost. Here's Cam Murray being a ball player. And I, I want to well, see yeah. him come and run the angles off a, a, a Cody Walker. Yeah, you're right, and you are right. And that's when he's at his devastating An old-fashioned best. 13, like Cam is, he's a, he's a good old-fashioned 13, yeah. where... Um, You've got to become a bit of a chameleon. You've got to be able to play with the ball, do a bit of everything. You've got to fit into the environment, whatever the game is. But he did too much is. of that, though, Sats. Yeah, you're right. And he, I, I too much of a link player. Which, he was, yeah. Which the 13s, like Victor Radley was doing for the Roosters before, yeah. like Jake Tavoyevich does for Manly. That's moving forward. That's what your 13 is going to be. But they've got two. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. And then the next problem is, is when I thought Reynolds went into his shell when Benji came out and... Benji, it was Benji's team. Well, Benji is a very overbearing player, but just due to his experience and, and everything that he's done in the game. Now, remember back around 2013, I think it was, when South didn't go through to a grand final, they promised so much. They, I, I was told from very good sources at South Sydney that they had Ben Teo sitting on the right-hand side, and he was so devastating in that mm. time of his mm. career, and he wasn't getting enough ball because John Sutton – and Luke Keery on the left-hand side were demanding so much attention. They were overcalling. They were getting the ball. That was the go-to side like it is now. And Adam Reynolds wasn't being dominant enough. And then in 14, when he was given the task of, if you don't be more dominant and feed Ben Teo more, you're going to have to try and find another role within the team or whatever yep, it may yep. be. You may be expendable. 2014, he stood up and he became really dominant as a half. And Ben Teo had an amazing season. And now he won the premiership. Maybe that's what's happened. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what's happened with Benji coming on the field. Maybe mm. because Benji is so dominant, mm. Adam Reynolds took a little bit of a back seat. It was actually interesting too. Even though Reynolds was taking the kicks for goal, uh, Benji was the bloke addressing the team. Mm. I thought that was really interesting as well. I mean, he's a natural leader, I guess. Um, Benji, Benji will be an, an amazing coach when he retires. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. The Storm were outstanding. Pappenhausen, Munster. Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. That uh, first set of six from Melbourne <laughs> when they were doing offload, offload, and just – you know what they did? What I found with South is that their forwards were catching the ball and trying to do too much with their feet. They were trying to step and swerve. And yeah. before they even came to any contact, you know what Melbourne did? Craig Bellamy said, I want you to wind up from the back fence and just run as hard as humanly possible. I'm not doing it. And they were just denting the line on every occasion. So – 
I've got no doubt you'll see different souths in round two where Wayne Bennett will say, don't worry about the shimmies and the, and the little steps and the little shuffles. Just wind up, run straight in between defenders and try and give your team an advantage. There was a mis- mismatch, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Josh Adokar on Josh Mansour. He's did burn he? him a couple of times, didn't he? I don't think um, Mansour's up, up to it. My, my son's a mad Panther supporter. He goes, I love the source, Josh Mansour, he said, but it just shows that Penrith no, mm. are, are a club now that are sort of starting to make the right decisions. They don't want to move a player on who they love. Yep. But, you know, he, he, he got stood up by one of the best last night. I think Josh Mansell, though, has been doing a little bit of thigh work in the off-season. He's got some good uh, thighs there. Uh, time for this new segment. It's called... What? It's where we throw out those crazy stories. Was that, was that Oprah? That's Oprah from the interview the other night when uh, Meghan, Meghan Markle... Don't mm. call her Megan. No, Megan. Uh, Meghan Markle yep. um, uh, mentioned about uh, the royal family, concerned about the colour of the baby. Mm. And she said... She said this. What? So, mm. anyway. Uh, she said that a few times during the whole interview, didn't she? What? Yeah. Okay. Quickly, what do you got for us? Okay. Uh, my, oh, my, can you push oh, it again? Sorry. sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Slater. Well, he weighed in on the uh, Harry and Meghan. And this segment's not about Harry and Meghan. It's just no. coincidence that on Instagram, he weighed in on the, the interview as well. And he actually said, this is quite controversial. I'd be mad too if I was James Hewitt's Unacknowledged illegitimate kid. Oh. Ouch. Can you push it? Yeah. What? Yeah. Got essentially kidnapped and held hostage by the royal family. Was forced to pretend that boring square Prince Charles was my dad all those years. (laughs) Then they cut off my trust fund. What? Yeah. You're 36. Get a job. And disapproved of my hot American wife because it didn't fit the ongoing inbreeding program. What? Exactly. That's a little uh, litigious. It is. I, I think. Uh, mine is... Uh, that's not our words. No, that's no. Kelly Slater's yeah. off Twitter, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, Fletcher's jumper on the Matty John show on Thursday night. Did you see it? He's yeah. wearing this black, like, cashmere jumper. I mean, who wears that nowadays? What? Yeah, exactly. Um, it was like... A, it was like It was bordering on a turtleneck. It was. It was about an inch away from being an official turtleneck. Yeah. Mm. He wasn't the only badly dressed uh, celebrity, and I use that in inverted commas, not when it comes to Fletch, but when it comes to this next person on TV this week. What the hell was Coco wearing on MAFs at the yeah. dinner party on if, Wednesday night? Now, we love Married at First Sight. We know you do too, deep down. Who but, the listeners? Yeah, they yeah. love it. But they we, just don't they, want to admit to it. No. And, you and, and I, see, we're, we're yeah. comfortable with our manhood that we will... What? We're comfortable that we admit that we like Married at First Sight. Okay. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but Coco was – she looked like a fish caught in a fishnet. That's what she – like. She, she was trying like, to be a mermaid. She looked like a brim. But, she, but, but it looked like the car turned up early and she hadn't finished getting dressed. Yeah. What? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that it was, was like, mine. Was it, it was a like a bikini G-string Yeah, wrapped in a bit of cellophane or whatever in, in it a was. Net. In a net. It was full body. It was like you know a, what? If if they partnered me with her, if I looked up the <laughs> up the aisle on Married at First Sight, I'd, I'd go, "Whoa! Like that's she's a really attractive lady. Look how fit she what? is. Yeah, she's fit, Oprah." And let's talk about Oprah's glasses in that oh. interview. But anyway, if I look, I'd go, and then the minute she opened her mouth, I'd go, "Listen, I would have, I would have said in the honeymoon, listen, I'm just going to go for ice cream.' Yeah, not come back. She's got on my scooter and just <laughs> on your scooter disappeared. 
You'd get a vegan ice cream too, wouldn't you? Yeah. You're that way inclined nowadays. Uh, That is our what when we come back. We're going to talk AFL because there's a great doco that's come out this weekend on Amazon Prime Video. It's called Making Their Market. Followed the AFL season last year. It is bloody amazing. I'm going to talk to one of the executive producers as we go inside this doco. Cos Cardone joins us next on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Making their mark. It's a great documentary. Follows the AFL season. Cos Cardone's on the on the line. G'day, Cos. Hey guys, nice to be with you. Uh, nice to have you on board. Now, Cos, just set this up for our listeners. Uh, it follows GWS, the Gold Coast Suns, West Coast Eagles, and the Adelaide Crows, and also was it Richmond as well? Richmond and Carlton. So mm. six teams in in those six states. Yeah, essentially, it's uh, it's the arc of the AFL season, the 2020 season as it was, which, uh, which was a season like no other, as we all know. And, and also within those clubs, you have uh, your central cast and your central characters as well. I mean, obviously, you know, Stewie, Stewie you at the Gold Coast and Nick Nathan, you at West Coast, Rory Sloan at Adelaide, Ellie Betts uh, at, uh, at Carlton, uh, Stephen Canelio at GWS, uh, and the Richmond hierarchy um, at Richmond, which in itself is, is one of the terrific storylines, seeing how they went about with all the challenges and all the things that happen to uh, to go wrong for them as well, still get there to uh, to the ultimate day and, and, and pull it off. Because how, how did you get this across the line? I mean, to, to get it going in the first place, but how long behind the scenes did you negotiate with the AFL and the clubs to, to get permission to uh, to do this? It's a really good question um, because there's a lot to it. It doesn't, as you can appreciate, just happen. We, we've had this idea as a production company here at Jam for a, going back four years when, uh, when we started to really get involved in that AFL reality documentary space. And we always thought, and you've probably seen it yourself, some of the really good streaming stuff that we've seen in terms of that sports documentary space, the AFL, more than anything, would lend itself so well. And we were lucky to, uh, to collaborate with a great partner like Amazon Prime, um, one, of the, one of the biggest, biggest streamers in this space, who who got it straight away. So essentially it was a collaboration, Amazon Prime, the AFL and ourselves. But to that point, to do this sort of pro- uh, project properly, you just don't run it past clubs. The process in terms of our key creative people and producers sitting down with each player, with each club, with each leadership group, with each football group to really, I guess, gain that trust, gain that faith, because that's what you need both ways to really ensure this thing captures everything the way it needs to be captured. Not just you know a cameraman who's going to be hanging around with the camera. It's essentially a full documentary unit that's going to be embedded. So you really had to, and what we spent a lot of time was ensuring that clubs knew what it was about, uh, and they were up for it. And I think one of the real pleasing things about it, from our point of view, as here we are on the eve of it going, is that when you speak to most clubs, or certainly all the clubs, I'll say it was an experience that they did enjoy. It was intense, and it was there, but it was something that they really thought was beneficial to their club and, more importantly, their fans. Now, it's, a, it's an emotional situation every day in a sporting organisation because, uh, as, as you would have seen through the hours of footage that you would have gotten, was there any time some of the players and officials got annoyed with your production crew being in, in, in their secured space? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, the course of... And we all know, you know, sport clubs well enough to know that in the course of a 30-week season seven days a week, there's always going to be those moments. And I guess that's where you know, the trust and the faith factor and the collaborative factor comes in. You will see one scene when you get to it. And I think uh, episode, 
uh, episode six, where there is there is a scene where the coach at, uh, at at one of the clubs actually says, "Okay, I need the cameraman out." You'll actually see that. So uh, it doesn't happen often. It's the only time you'll see that in the series, but it just goes to show that sure, you're going to get those moments. And in terms of the point you just made about you know the hours of footage, just to give you an idea of of, of what it's made mine down to, I think over the course. We calculated we shot more than two and a half thousand hours of footage oh, wow. uh, across the season, <laughs> and that's been distilled to what we hope is is the best seven hours in terms of the seven episodes. What's the biggest moment in the entire series, uh, in your opinion? Look, I think if you ask ten people who are involved on the project, they'll give you ten different answers, um, and that's just the way it is. But if, you know, if you if you pin me down on mine and it's all personal, there's probably two. Uh, I, I really enjoy, look, let's be honest, we were lucky that one of our clubs happened to be the Premier uh, that ended up winning the Grand Final. And I think being there in the lead-up to a Grand Final, on Grand Final Day, and in, in the rooms and in half-time and pre on Grand Final Day for Richmond is an incredible treat and mm. an incredible insight on, on the big day game. So I really I really enjoy that because it's it's the biggest day in our sport and, and to be there that close and, and to hear how Damien Hardwick addresses his team while they're down in the grand final at halftime is something we've never, ever, wow. I guess, seen. Oh. Any characters emerge? Anyone that will embrace as sporting fans that we didn't know much about in the past? Uh, yeah, you will all through it. Um, and it's interesting. You know, we've, we've had, you know, certain viewings and, and different people gravitate to different people. And I guess for, for your specific audience, Stuart Jew comes out as a real terrific character in this. And I think he will be... He will be one of the real much-loved stars and people will embrace his, his beautiful authenticity of the way he leads and the humility in the way he leads. I think Stuart Jew um, just really uh, gets showcased as, as just a fabulous leader and a fabulous person and a fabulous coach. So I think that's going to be one of the, the really good stories as far as, as Queensland viewers would be concerned. Yeah, hell of a player back in his day too, wasn't he? Hey, uh, heavy debate around what to leave in and... And what to leave out? How did, how did all that go? How difficult is that when you've got, you know, as you said, so many, so many thousands of hours of, of vision, you've got to whittle it down to seven? Yeah, I mean, that's always the case. I guess uh, as, as producers, and we had a, a most incredible post-production team and, and the other co-executive producers uh, on this as well, I guess being around sport and, and, and television a lot and really... Uh, and really have a sense for, okay, what, what needs to go and, and, and what needs to make the cut and what doesn't. Um, but it's good because every, I guess, every frame, every scene needs to earn its place. And, and that's why I think we've been able to land somewhere where the quality, and we've all seen, um, I think it's interesting, we've all seen the quality that we're now seeing in, in this space in terms of Amazon Prime and streamers and what they do. And, and to see that sort of quality come to, to AFL, um, is I think one of the real highlights of the series because you shoot so much and, and every frame has to really earn its place. Unrivaled AFL access, untold stories, the brand new Amazon original series, only on Amazon Prime Video. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Okay, let's get to our tips, uh, Sats, uh, for the rest of round one. Saturday, Arvo, the Warriors and the Titans, Central Coast Stadium. Toughest one to pick from the weekend. We're anticipating so much from the Gold Coast Titans. Will they handle that pressure in round one? 
and um, the Warriors, new coach Nathan Brown, some really good signings also. I'm going to – when in doubt, I always pick the team that's playing at home, and admittedly it's not at home with Central Coast. I'm going to take the Warriors, but I can't actually tell you why. Okay. Uh, mm. I'm on the Titans. I'm excited about the Titans this so year. So am I, actually. And yeah. watch the doco, Building Titans. Yeah, it good, was on good Fox, doco. And it's on KO as well. Uh, the second game, Saturday, Roosters versus Seagulls at the SCG. Roosters. Yeah, easy yeah. by a mile. Panthers-Cowboys, Saturday night at Panthers Stadium. I'm going to take the Panthers, but I think the Cowboys will upset a few this year. Nine and a half, the start in yep. that game. That's a pretty juicy is, start yeah. uh, for mm. the first round anyway. Yeah. Raiders versus West Tigers, GIO Stadium on Sunday. A lot of people predicting this will be an easy win for the Raiders, but I don't know. Melbourne are the best team to win round one. During the NRL um, 1998, when the NRL yep. started under that brand, the Tigers are second. No way. Yeah, best team in round one to win. Can they cause an upset? Yeah, they can because they're fit, they're tough, they're very good defensively as well. But I'm going to take the Raiders <laughs> purely because I think if they weren't playing the Raiders, if they're playing the Raiders of the Storm, I think they're the only two teams the Tigers wouldn't beat in round one. What about Net Strata Jubilee, uh, the late game? I love Sunday night football. I yeah. love it. Mm. I love because just when you think that's all I've got to remind myself that it's on, but I do love it when it's on. Because you know what? You you kind of, oh, that's the end of the footy season. Wait, there's more. Mm. Dragons versus Sharks, the local derby. I'm taking the Dragons. Why? Uh, The Sharks have got no Sean Johnson still. So a lot of points of attack that they have to find somewhere else. And uh, the Dragons, I actually look at the Dragons team on paper. I think it's very a very good team. And I'm not going to be disillusioned by the way that they played in the Charity Shield. Rightio. Uh, I'm going to go for the Sharks, mate. I just – Jesus, I reckon the Dragons and the Broncos will um, raffle it off mm. the last spot this year. All right, uh, we've got to go. What are you looking forward to this weekend, mate? I'm looking forward to seeing if the Titans mm. can start the season off and send a really big message to the rest of the competition after all their very good signings. So, uh, yeah, a lot of anticipation with the Titans. Let's see – if it's, if it's followed up. You know what I'm looking forward to this What's weekend? That? I'm looking forward to the Titans. I want to see where they're at. Where they're at. And again, I talked about uh, building Titans, that, yep. that great doco. I'm um, also looking forward to sitting down watching the rest of oh, yes. the AFL documentary. Making their mark. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. In between NRL games this weekend. But I don't know if this is a good thing for the community, mm. but part two of me getting my boat license happened Saturday. So I've done the theory but online. you've been out on your boat twice. Now, how do you drive it no, I've been out, I've been out on it four times. Who but, drives it? But as long as I'm with a licensed oh, okay. uh, boat license, E, what, yep. or, or whatever, mm. uh, I can actually drive. Okay. So um, I believe you. No, that's true. It's the okay, law. Right, yep. So I'll get it myself. Mm. And then I'm taking the missus and kids out on Sunday. Right. You know, there's a. You've uh, already run out of petrol once. The first time you took it out, you ran out of petrol. That was an accident. And you had your kids in the boat. Yeah. So yeah, first time I took it out. Have child protection contacted you at all or not? <laughs> I didn't use them as bait in a crab pot or anything. I. You did make them row, but. And they're twins, one either side, row. Yeah, yeah they were row. hopeless. They were hopeless. You said, you guys row, I'll do the steering wheel. Well, I had to keep the beers cold. Mm. I was worried we're going to run out of food well, and, just, and, and water. And, you know, I like your parenting because it's teaching them discipline. Absolutely. What's it taught them? Not to go on the boat with Dad. And communication. Row. 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 So it's, I, think, I think it's tremendous parenting. This has been Off the Bench NRL. Mm. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, we'll be back next week. See, See you ya. later. Bye.